that word attachment is often misunderstood uh, by some people um, to mean that we should we should somehow detach ourselves from the basics of human beings that we, in terms of you know getting attached to each other, to our children or to our partners. And, but then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's just the natural. Um, to be a human being is to be attached. Um, to be a human being is, is, is to have people we, who are dear to us and, 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 we, and we love. And, and we, if we lose them, we, 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 we grieve. And that, that's, that's, just, that's the natural state of the world as it is, being a human being. Being a tree is a bit different, but I have never been, well, maybe I have, but I, not, I don't have no memory of being a tree. Um, but I'm sure they have some sort of similar kind of system. But like, what we, what we, we the, the more important thing about the word attachment is, what is what's, what's our ego self attached to? You know, uh, what are our requirements about how things should be? What are our expectations? So it's more about, it's more like about flexibility versus inflexibility. You know, flow versus rigidity, and so attachment's more about rigidity and the flexibility, and the non-attachment's more about flow and flexibility. And uh, we flow better when we're coming from our place of direct experience, not from our place of thought emotions, which is usually an indication of. We're attached somewhere. Um, so we're always we're always living as a human being with these two aspects um, of self, the personal self, and the and the and the um, you know, universal self, and and the personal self. Um, you know, we can. We, there's, there's a part of the of the of the personal self which is the self-centered self, but there's also a part of the personal self which is which is fine. We we're meant to enjoy our lives. We're meant to love each other, and and, um, and we we you know we use words and language, and um, we have our identities. And we can't be human beings without that. So we it's it, we, you know, it's impossible to be a human being without having a personal sense of self, and that's fine. But the practice is to, to start to work on those edges where our ego gets involved. And as we do more of that work, we can also experience ourselves as the universal self as well. So then we're able to carry the personal self a lot lighter. Another way of understanding that is the... You may have seen the, um, you know, the gestalt pictures such as the duck and the rabbit where the the duck changes into the rabbit but you can only see the you can you can either see the duck or you can see the rabbit but you can't see both of them at the same time it's like a like a switch like that uh, a perceptual switch in those gestalt drawings right you've all seen those those gestalt switches and so it's kind of like you know Sometimes we're, we're in our personal self and then we can switch to being in the more universal self. Um, but both are contained. 
both are contained within the one reality. The personal self is more relative. Um, it's an accident that I was born in the, in the UK, then I speak English. I could have been born in Vietnam or whatever. Um, all aspects of our personal selves are relative. But the universal self is absolute. And we only experience the universal self now. 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 Um, the sense of time is only created by our human conditioning and our culture, which creates this sense of a linear time. So, um, we, we are embodied beings and we're personal selves and um, we, the, as, a, as a personal self, the, I mean, the, we're always going to have some flaws, it's inevitable. It's a silly idea to try and become a perfect human being. Unfortunately, the um, self-improvement industry is often so successful because it, it, it sort of latches on this ego desire to become somehow um, perfect in every aspect uh, of our lives, like the perfect body or never want to age or um, perfect job or perfect husband or the perfect wife or the perfect house or the perfect car, whatever. And um, rather than just accepting our imperfections as they are, and, um, but the flip side of that is that reality is always perfect as it is. It's always just going to be what it is. And, uh, and, and that's what we are. You know, we're, we're that star that's twinkling in the sky. We're that tree. Um, we're always perfect just as we are from that perspective of, of absolute reality. But in our own, in our embodied human form, you know, we have our, we, we, we have our vulnerabilities and we suffer. And, um, So, it's okay, it's okay to accept ourselves as we are. Another way of thinking about um, Zen practice is to think in terms of self-acceptance. Um, so we're always okay, just as we are. And, um, and the fact that we, we do get caught and we do uh, is our opportunity to um, you know, participate in, uh, in that crack which lets the light in, as Leonard Cohen said, you know, in his lovely song uh, called Anthem, where he goes, uh, the first verse is quite nice, I'll just read the first verse and then the, the, the chorus. Um, the birds they sang at the break of day Start again, I heard them say. Don't dwell on what has passed away or what is yet to be. The second verse is, The wars they will be fought again, the holy dove be caught again. Bought and sold and bought again, the dove is never free. Okay. 
Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. In a way, the, the, the metaphor of light is often used in Zen. And uh, the light is seeing that perfection of this moment as to who we are. And um, we don't have to make ourselves perfect to see the light. In fact, it's um, that sense of human vulnerability that allows the light to get in. It's like uh, if you use the metaphor of the, of the clay pot and the, the clay pot is cracked, it doesn't make that clay pot any less valuable. And in fact, and that the crack lets that light in. Um, so that metaphor. Um, so, um, you know, it's, um, if there never was any suffering, there'd never be any compassion. It's, uh, it's through suffering that we grow in our compassion. It's through suffering that we enable ourselves to see beyond I into the, into the we. And uh, it's that suffering which enables us to take up a practice like this in order to um, bring about as best we can through creating some sanity in our own life, you know, less, less, less harm, less needless suffering in the world. So, so we'll leave it there.